I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When we think about all that is demanded of us every day, all the people that we are supporting, all of the things we need to do, it can feel totally overwhelming, like parts of us are being drawn on all of the time. That's why I wanted to interview Azriel Rochelle today. Azriel is a yoga teacher, a writer, an editor, a former BBC and SBS journalist just like myself, and a mama of four, four children very close together, who has spent her journey as a mama realising that the most important thing she can do is hold space for herself so she can hold space for others. This conversation really looks at the importance of us taking care of ourselves, but we're talking more than just those weekly yoga classes or the once a month bath. We're talking real space holding for who we are as a woman, because when we can really support ourselves like that, only then can we support everybody else. Azrael has a beautiful way of looking at it, and I know you're going to get a lot out of it. This is the Happy Mama Movement with your host, Amy Taylor Cabaz, author, mama to three, and editor of the Happy Mama magazine. In my mamahood journey, I have gone from an overachieving, addicted to busyness superwoman to finally slowing down simplifying and realising that being a mama is the greatest self-development teacher in the world. And after more than 15 years covering breaking news, I've swapped current affairs to inspiration and now bring you the best I can find every week to help us feel more connected as women as we raise our families. Because when we come together, amazing things happen. So welcome to The Movement. I thought I would start today's interview with reading from this beautiful mama's website because it was this writing that made me stop in my tracks and really think oh. about this as a concept and also oh. reach out to Azriel. So let me read this to you. When my second eldest daughter was a few months old, she developed colic. She would wake every night, crying for several hours, utterly inconsolable. Nothing I did helped her, not breastfeeding, holding her, rocking her, or my attempts to soothe her. Sometimes her cries pierced me so deeply, I felt like giving up and leaving her alone. I felt so powerless. Though it was difficult, my daughter taught me something vital and precious. As I watched her healing journey... I realised I cannot take away someone else's pain or rescue them. I cannot change what they are feeling, patch it up and move along. All I could do was witness, be there and be present for her. Mm. 
<sighs> that <laughs> that description of motherhood is so powerful and what I wanted to speak to you about today because you then go on and speak about the importance of holding space for yourself. How we as women and as mamas who hold the space for so many around us, of course we hold space for our children but for our partners and in your case your ex-partner, our work colleagues, our parents, our siblings, our friends, how do we hold space for ourselves in all of that? That is exactly what I want to speak to you about today. So thank you for writing those beautiful words and, and for bringing up this really important topic. Oh, thank you, Amy. It's very important to my heart too. So when you say holding space for yourself, I know that this has been a lesson that you've been going through and exploring yourself since your children were little. What does it mean for you now? Gosh, I feel like it is an ongoing journey. It's something like I never really feel like I've mastered and I'm sure so many other women feel like that. Um, it's For me, it's just such an intimate relationship of listening to myself, of checking in with myself, of really um, you know, validating myself and not letting that energy disperse out into the world to other people too much. So it's not like you're not caring, but it has to start with me. And I found because I had my children quite closely together, I had three um, children under three quite quickly. I was six months, yeah. my, my, sorry, my eldest was six months and I fell pregnant with my second and this was the one who had the colic. So I felt like I was just dumped in the deep end and I really got it all wrong with holding space. I was teaching on the edge, exhausted, uh, didn't have much support or family support around because they were overseas. And after a few years of kind of cruising along with that, I really had to change the way that I was mothering. And that's when I had to just really start holding space for myself or I was heading for a massive burnout. So I kind of learned through doing the wrong things, I think, mm. <laughs> how to hold space for myself. Because so many of us feel like it's selfish in those moments when our children need us, our family needs us so much to say to the world, hang on a second, I just have to put myself first here. <laughs> That's so true. That's exactly, I still struggle with that one. And it's so true. And yet when we do, everybody benefits. And mm. I notice that even if I take five minutes and I go into my bedroom and I just put my legs up the wall and just do a restorative yoga pose, I can then go and have dinner with my kids, make dinner and be there for them without being narky or irritable. So it's, it's something that is so vital to us as mothers. We're constantly giving out. We're constantly um, there for everybody else. And I think without that, I, I feel like I, I start drowning. Not that I do it perfectly. Um, I'm definitely learning with that one. But I try and build in every day something for myself, whether it's just going and having a hot bath with um, essential oils or something, or just going and taking five minutes to sit in the garden. It just is like a breather, a breath of fresh air, and then I can come back and be more present and really listen to my children better uh, than if I just plough on. Mm. I feel like we hear so often, and I'm sure you feel the same in your line of work, we hear so often these self-care tips, you know, take five minutes for restorative yoga practice, make sure you go and sit in the garden when you have your lunch and not on your phone, all of these little things, but they go in one ear and out the other. They don't seem to really become a concrete part of the way we live our life every day. Looking back in your experience of feeling like that you've had to keep learning this lesson over and over again, what made it shift to, okay, this is a non-negotiable, this is something I have to do every day and to have it front of mind so you know that this is what you need to check in with? Where did that understanding cement for you? Mm. 
Um, you know, it's, I always thought I was going to have two children and then I had a third and then I had a surprise of a fourth. And by the time I got to the fourth, it was, it was a pretty much non-negotiable because by that point, I was like, I'm not going to manage with this. I've got four very young children under six. If I don't do something, I'm not going to actually be able to be the mother that I want to be, even to be any kind of a mother. And at the same time, when I had my fourth um, child, I was... I was starting to become a yoga teacher and I was holding space for other people and constantly saying, relax, nourish yourself and all of that. And I was like, I really have to start walking this talk. I can't be telling other people to do that. And it's still something that I you know, hear myself saying and go, yep, I need to take that in myself. And I think you teach what you most need to know. Mm-hmm. And so in teaching meditation and teaching yoga, I've, I find that as my constant reminder as my own practice. I have to come back to myself. So I think um, as the amount of children increased and as the pressure and then work and things like that increased, I, I realized I was going to burn out very quickly if I didn't. So I stopped and I, I made it a non-negotiable in my life. Um, and it's something that I'm still navigating. And, and I think also in terms of my nervous system, my self-care, my nervous system started to really uh, get quite um, heading towards adrenal fatigue and that kind of a thing. And so many women have those kind of issues today. You know, you hear about adrenal fatigue everywhere and, um, I really didn't want to head down that way. I didn't want to be a chronic fatigued mother who wasn't going to be able to be present for her kids. I've got a lot of vitality and energy and I wanted to do things out in the world and be there and go on adventures for them. So I had a bit of a wake-up call um, when I overworked myself and I literally couldn't move. Mm -hmm. I was lying in bed one day and um, I actually... I was aching so much in my bones I couldn't move and that gave me a fright of being bedridden or or being... um, you know, unable to actually be there for my kids, which is all I ever want to do. And was that adrenal fatigue? Is that what that was? It wasn't adrenal fatigue. It was also, it was, you know, I, was, I did a creative project where I wrote um, some sacred sites cards and I, I was working very hard with that and my, the dad was away and it was all on my own and I literally could not even pick up a kettle. It was like, I, it was like my body just gave in. Mm. Um, I just had to get someone to come and, and a friend to come over and help me. And it was really frightening to go, wow, you can actually reach that kind of level of, um, exhaustion, but as mothers we can, and it can creep up on us so quickly. And so that was a bit of a turning point for me. I was like, well, I do want to be creative and do things out in the world, but my main priority is my children, and even more than that, my main priority is myself. I'm no good to anybody if I can't look after myself. Mm. It's often the body breaking that brings us to this point, isn't it? Because as women, we will continue to sacrifice ourselves and put others ahead of ourselves (laughs) until basically the body screams at us and says, you know what, you're going to have to figure out a different way of doing this, girlfriend, because this is not working for you. And same thing happened with me. You know, if it was up to me, my ego, my ambition, um, that inner mean mama, all of those things will keep Mm. me going and going and going. And it is my body and my nervous system, as you said, that is the the flashing red neon sign saying, whoa, hang on a second, (laughs) you've got it out of balance here again. (laughs) That's right, that's right. And we keep on kind of heading down those areas, don't we? But um, I find if I just make that five minutes a day, then I don't head into that kind of territory. And like you say, we're so programmed to just give. And in society, there's so many pressures on women to be the perfect wife, to be the perfect mother, to always be there. We're supposed to be these super mothers. And no matter what we do, it feels like there's all the societal pressure saying it's not enough, it's not, it's not good enough. Um, you know, if, you, if you're not working, then you should be working. If you're not staying at home, you should be staying at home. And I think women are copying a lot of slack in that way and we're trying to keep up desperately. Um, and it's really difficult at times. 
It is very, very difficult. It is, it is the plague on, on women of our generation who, who just mm. feel like we need to do more to be more. One of the, mm. the things you talk about in your writing about how to make sure that you are making space for yourself like this is a beautiful practice that you've described as communing with yourself where you each morning and evening you place your hands over your heart and drop into your inner world to visit your deepest self. And, uh, you know, I always want this podcast and my work to be a mixture of the big ideas and the very practical ways we can do it when, for example, someone like you has four children under the age of six at some stage in their life. So this, when I read that, I thought, oh, I think that would be a beautiful thing to share with mamas. So can you talk Mm. me through how Mm. to do this? And even for mamas who might never have stopped to tune into what their inner voice and their deepest mm. thoughts are, how do we do this? How do we start? Beautiful. I'm so glad you brought that up, Amy. Well, um, first of all, I'd just like to couch it in something else. It's, it's like so often we lose our connection with ourselves. And I know that happened to me. You can lose connection with yourself. So to me, this practice helps me to reconnect in the morning before the day starts and then at night again before I go to bed and before you go into that beautiful healing space. So for me, it really came out of that space of of losing connection, of actually losing myself within motherhood, within work, within everything. And I needed some way of just holding fast to who I was and just anchoring that at, at a daily level. So what I do when I wake up, like this morning when I woke up, I just lie there and actually it's a lot of a gratitude practice as well. I just lie there and put my hands on my heart and I sort of bring in my energy. If you've got a spiritual practice, if you have, you know, a spiritual master or something, you can connect in there. And I usually pray for myself, for my children, for the world, that kind of thing. Use it as a bit of a, a prayer as well. And then I usually bring in a gratitude practice too of just feeling grateful for all the blessings in my life, the tremendous blessings. And then I just sit with myself and listen, you know, listen to what my body is trying to tell me, what my emotions are telling me, and I'm just checking in, where am I at, how am I feeling, noticing, um, and that will also uh, sort of lead into how my day might run, I might bring in a bit more rest if I'm feeling, you know, wow, I'm feeling a little ill this morning, a little tired, something like that, but it basically, I also will look uh, over the day and like there was interview this morning, I'll send love and just see myself floating through the day. Everything's going really peacefully, having beautiful connections with my children. And then at night I do the same thing. Maybe I cast my mind over the day with gratitude for what the day's brought to me. And again, keeping the hands over the heart just brings you into that heart space. And I like to gather up all the aspects of myself that have been, um, you know, sort of sent out during the day, maybe to a, a conversation to um, someone who needed a little bit of help and to just gather those back into myself to kind of put myself together, almost like a Humpty Dumpty and Ooh, to just that. reconnect so that I feel integrated um, and that I've kind of let that day go. And it, it just helps to really sleep well when you've got um, your hands over your heart before you go to bed as well. And I think it makes peace. For me, it makes peace with the day and then I feel complete before I go to sleep. I really love the idea of calling back all the different parts of yourself because I know for many mamas, by the end of the day, you feel like you're all tapped out. You know, you're touched out, you're totally drained. Um, If you're at home with little ones or whatever your situation is, sometimes you can literally feel like parts of you have just been sucked out all day. Mm. And gee, that makes it sound like a terrible experience. But you know what? I know everybody knows what I mean. You get to the end of the day and you put your hands on your heart and you you check in 
and there's not much there. You know, yeah. you really feel depleted, don't you? Mm, and, absolutely. And filling ourselves back up again is so important, but I've never heard mm. it explained in that way of calling back all of that energy mm. in those parts of yourself. Mm. What a beautiful visualisation. Oh, thank you. And I should say as well, for me, because I do, you know, for me, there's a spiritual practice as well. I do feel like it's plugging back into the main socket. So I connect and, and it's like a meditation too. I do connect in with my, um, my spiritual teachers and get them to, you know, give me back energy and with Mother Earth as well. And that way you can re, um, you know, re-energize yourself too. Mm. Because like you say, someday there's nothing left. Yes, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And lying on the, on the earth really helps to, to let go of all that stress, all of that, um, you know, that buildup of, of stuff that we carry as women, which we, we might be carrying somebody else's problems, our children's frustrations. And I also lie on the earth and just visualize that, just going straight back into the earth, giving it back, and then reconnecting with Mother Earth and, and c- taking in that fresh energy is, is another way to really revitalize yourself when you're feeling so empty. Mm. I wanted to also ask you about having lots of different demands on you and how you hold space for yourself when, you know, your story is quite mm. similar to mine where we've both been in the, the media roles at the ABC and BBC and SBS and we've had those very demanding roles. We, uh, You are now a yoga teacher and hold retreats for women and obviously you write, you have four children, you even have two cats. Like, <laughs> so... Yes, there's the daily practices. We start the day and we finish the day with certain rituals Mm. to make sure we fill ourselves back up. But how do you keep in check or how do you manage all of those different parts of your life, ensuring that there's balance there, ensuring that the adrenal Mm. fatigue doesn't kick back in again? Because we have such full lives and we have Mm. such big dreams and purposes to, to fulfill. How do we do that? Mm, that's such a great question. It's so true, isn't it? And we all have these dreams that we want to fulfill and, and like you say, full lives. I feel like it's a constant uh, conversation and connection with myself so that I don't, when I feel myself maybe edging into not getting enough sleep or running a little on empty on, on nervous energy, that's when I need to pull back. If we're running, um, if we're not aware and we're not checking in and that's where the daily check-in is so helpful, then we will override that and we won't see that coming. So I try and listen to myself and, and keep that awareness so that I know, okay, I really need to eat more healthily or I really need to do that so I can adjust before I'm over the edge somewhere. Mm. So it's kind of trying to prevent something from happening because we, we all have, we don't, I don't get it right, we don't get it right all the time. But I think if you're listening to yourself and you've got that constant you know, connection with yourself, you can head off those things before they happen, um, like illness and things. Just go right today, I'm just going to rest or something like that. And yet it's impossible sometimes, you know, with little ones. Kids get sick, things happen, don't they? Mm. Um, but if you can eventually find that time or start to take the supplements or do something. Um, and another thing, I feel like it has to be a way of life. It can't be just, um, oh, I do this practice here and then I'm okay. And then I do this practice here and then I'm okay. I find like I have to integrate it into my life. I have to notice I'm feeling stressed. So, before making dinner, I just pat my cat mm. <laughs> I start to feel more relaxed or um, something like that. It's kind of very much in the life of what you're doing um, or I get my kids to help. But it's, it's a constant work in progress. Uh, I don't think that it's ever somewhere that you get to. I think we're constantly as women trying to navigate this really challenging path. 
Mm. And it sounds like the way you were describing it, it's it's like a recalibration over and mm. over again. Check in, yeah. no, gone a little bit that way, no, come back, Amy, yeah. a little bit this way, no, yeah. come back again. You know, it's that, it's living that conscious life, isn't it? Making exactly. sure that we're checking in and present and aware yeah. of why we're making these decisions as well. Exactly. And it's also quite somatic, like coming back to the body, I guess, through yoga that's taught me to come back to the body and notice what's happening with your body. And also, I also check in with my inner child as well to see, oh, what's happening there, you know, she's feeling a bit overworked and then start sabotaging my creative projects or something like that. So it is really about being listening to yourself and, and staying present with yourself. And then through that, you can be present to others. I think if we're not present with ourselves, we can never be present with others. Mm, that's right. And as you said in this beautiful article, it, we, it is impossible for us to hold space, properly hold space mm. for anyone else if we're not holding space for ourselves. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're listening to the Happy Mama Movement. At the core of it, the Happy Mama Movement is all about one simple idea that mamahood can be the greatest catalyst for change in a busy woman's life. So now for the big three questions. What has motherhood taught you about yourself? This is such a great question and it was lovely to reflect on this question. Um, I feel like the biggest gift has been to trust myself and to trust my intuition. Um, the decisions that you have to make as a mother that only you can make and that I've had to make over the years have really given me that strong trust in myself. And, of course, it's not always there, but it's it's very strong there that I, I do feel that I know what's right for my kids. Mm. Um, it's also that incredible gift of resilience. And I think that came through, for me, through birthing. I was very blessed to have um, my four children at home. And my second daughter was a, a very quick birth. It was an unaccompanied home birth. I had no midwife or anything there. And just feeling that trust in my body and that that could all happen naturally and without problems at home just gave me so much confidence mm. and so much belief in myself and belief in nature and in the divine and in, in the world, I think, that, that this is just a natural part of life and that to be a mother is a natural part of life and I've got the answers somewhere within me. Um, and that's an enormous and beautiful gift to have, I think. Wow. Wow, that would have been, yes, I think if we can have an empowering birth experience, it, it's an insight mm. into the power of a woman and the, the trust that you can have in your body that, um, that is quite oh, amazing. True. Yes. Mm. So if you could go back and tell yourself one thing before you embarked on this mamahood journey, what do you think it would be? I think it would have to be rest and nourish yourself. And this oh, is still wow. something that I, you know, don't do enough. And also to say that you matter. I think so often as women we, or as mothers we forget that actually we really matter. We're really important. Um, and when we are nourished, our babies are nourished. Mm. It's just as simple as that. Mm. So it would be to rest. I remember people telling me to rest and I was like, yeah, yeah. And I didn't rest enough. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd say definitely to rest and nourish myself. Yes, I think I would probably tell myself the same thing. Yes, I love that. Okay, and so finally then, what does being a happy mama mean to you? It means being, I think, being calm and centered and present, being creative and just taking it day by day so that I can, if I'm nourished and calm and present, I can actually literally deal with anything that comes at me. Um, so, yeah, to be yeah calm, centered, connected, and present, um, mm. and and happy and joyful. Mm. And we do that, as you said, 
through holding space for yourself, those daily check-ins and living Mm. consciously about what you need in every moment. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that all with us. Thank you so much, Amy. Thanks for listening to the Happy Mama Movement. To make sure you never miss an insight, please subscribe to this podcast and also pop on over to see the latest issue of the Happy Mama magazine at www.happymama.com.au. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.